I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Sean McDuff and I'm delighted to be your host for this evening as we look back over Rangers 3-2 win at Rugby Park on Wednesday night. Preview the what's becoming more and more like a home tie against St Johnston on Saturday night. And also in between we'll talk about all the transfer speculation. Joining me tonight, my merry band of bears to talk about all things Rangers. First of all, our foreign correspondent, David Tomlinson. How are you, David? Uh, fine, thanks. Still waiting for this transfer news. Still the big, the big. what is it, five, five o'clock British time statement saying we've got a player and see the, the players in their strips and their, their scarf around their neck, but it's not come yet. So patience is a virtue, is it they say? Aye, one that I don't have. <laughs> I know, but aye, that's um, that leads us on to the tonight's uh, show title. The transfer clock's ticking. Um, it's is now the nineteenth of January. Um, we've only known for the like grand total of six, seven months that we need um, new players in in January. But here we are, Ross Wilson leaving it to the wire again. Also joining us from the deep south, Mason Stewart. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, well, good. Thanks, Colin. Thanks for having us back on. Uh, yeah, same as David. I was hoping for a one or two uh, announcements today, but um, they're, they're coming. I think I know we, we keep saying it every show, but uh, they're coming. But you know, glad we got the win last night. That was that was a uh, you know, Rangers never make it easy today. Even three one up with with twenty minutes to go, but glad we got the win. Even when it's good, it's shape. You know, what I mean, as well. Well, I'm beating under Michael Beal, but it's um, uh, it's not been the the broadest to watch. No, no, we'll come on to it, but uh, definitely things we're going to point out again, that's for sure. Absolutely. And last and by no means least, um, we're loving David Pollock. I don't even know what that means, Colin. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I, 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 I read the book once, I don't know. 
Yeah, I was uh, on active service on Sunday, so I, I, I couldn't make it. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, good to be back on. See, uh, yeah, hopefully get the comments from all our Rangers men. Uh, and last night, I mean, it was, it's going to be a mixed bag, certainly from what I saw on my TV. I don't know if it was what was in yours, but it was a uh, <clears throat> hit and miss. But I'm sure we'll come on to it. I know, I think I'm the lucky one. As I said before, beforehand, boys, um, my totally legal stream that I was watching it on and definitely paid for cut out halfway through. So it sounds like uh, um, the, uh, the the streaming service done me a favour. But um, as always, hello to all the listeners watching live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Get your comments in, um, any questions, we'll chat through them as we go through the show. And as always... If you can, like, subscribe, follow, wherever you get your podcast. Um, we're about 70 subscribers away for that 1,000 mark on YouTube. Getting to 1,000 would be massive for the pod. So if you can find us a, find us a like or subscribe, much appreciated. So, David, we'll kind of run through the... Um, sorry, David T, we'll run through the, the major talking points of the game last night. Um, I think... The first one, obviously, Kilmarnock going one 0 up, and it is, um, as some I want everybody's take on the goalkeeping position. But first of all, talk us through that goal. It was just poor defending and poor goalkeeping, wasn't it? Yeah, well, we actually had about three three warnings uh, coming uh, coming leading up to it. The uh, first of all, it started with two two player two Kelly players getting free in the right hand side. Um, the, set, the first one was Armstrong and, the, and it was the left back come up inside him and Armstrong wanted the ball but the, the guy crossed it in front of it and Golson just flicked it away for a corner and then we got the, the first corner and which was a big warning uh, I think it was right virtually missed an open goal uh, everybody everybody missed it and right at the back sort of a well he did manhandle Barisic a, a little bit but not enough to to put Barisic off so like he, like he did and luckily he headed it past the post at that point but it was just a, a, a warning for the for what was to come and yeah Armstrong and, and if you look I, I don't know but if you look we've all been talking about McGregor not coming off his line and McLaughlin we want McLaughlin in because he comes off his line but I've froze framed that, that, that goal and if you watch McLaughlin, he starts at the back post, roughly near the six-yard line. And in front of him, are, 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 there's about four Rangers players along the, the just about the six-yard line, just in front of the six-yard line towards the goal. And it, it's obvious that anybody, that if the ball comes shorter, he's going to, be, he's going to miss out because he's not going to get through the players to, to get the ball. And that's just exactly what happened. I mean, they... they Dave uh, players stopped him coming in, and then you get the big barrage of the players coming in from the the penalty spot, and it, it was just pandemonium. And uh, no, McLaughlin he was standing there with his arms flailing everywhere, and not getting anywhere near the near the the, the ball. And yeah, the the guy just had an empty net to head it into. I mean, there was McLaughlin was still at virtually at the near side of the goal, and. Uh, no, I, I don't know what he was thinking about. I mean, if you're going to want to go, if you're a keeper, you, you, your, your starting point is the middle of the goal. And that way, you've got time to see wh- wh- where the ball's coming. So you, you, sh- you should be 
be coming out. If, if the ball's the ball's coming to the back post. It's, if you're in the middle of the goal, it's easy enough to go to the back post. You point at a time. And if, if looking through, if you look at Morelos uh, all through games in the past, he's absolutely brilliant at heading the ball away from the front post. So there's not a lot gets past Morelos. So then you're talking about a small distance that McLaughlin's got to come forward to punch the ball away if the ball's at the, uh, a bit at the front of the goal. And but it was just I don't know his position. It was just absolutely ludicrous. I don't I don't know where I don't know where where he learned that or what they teach him at, at training. But surely they don't teach him to train stop at the six yard line at the back post when there's a lot of a lot of players strung about there. Mason um, comment in the comment section for the. The old faithful Curry, um, he he's saying he doesn't quite agree with John McLaughlin getting the blame for that goal. We'd be moaning if he if he stayed on the line, and I don't know. I do kind of feel for John McLaughlin. I absolutely do think he's made a made a terrible um, error mm-hmm. in judgment. He's came for the ball, but he's he's decided too late. He's not going to get it, and it's one of the you need to do or die by your decisions. But he almost stops, didn't he? Um, what was your your take on it? Yeah, no, if he's going to come, he's got, he needs to make contact with the ball. Rather, you, you catch it or punch it. He was in no man's land. I mean, Curry's right in terms of the, the, the defence, um, you know, who was in the box. You know, it happened with two corners before they got contact first. And this happens a lot with balls in our box. And, and the third goal they get, which we'll, we'll come to later, exactly the same thing happens there as well. It's people taking responsibility and, and we don't do it well enough. We, we're from every cross ball, and we have been for a long, long time. We, we, we're not, we're not good at defending them. And uh, the whole goalkeeper situation hasn't helped that because you've got McGregor who doesn't come off his line, and then you've got McLaughlin who does come off his line. But recently, especially this season, don't know if it's a confidence thing, but he doesn't look nowhere near as confident coming out than he was towards the end of, of last season. Um, but yeah, McLaughlin for me, he's got you've got to come out. You need to make contact with it. And uh, there was one probably 10, 15 minutes later where he, he does come and he does get contact. But again, he didn't look like you know he, he was he, again he was in sort of two two minds whether to come or not. But um, the goalkeeping position is a it's a problem for us because uh, we've you know we've all got our opinions in terms of who we think should be number one. But um, Bill's already come out and said that we won't be be getting a goalkeeper this month. And I think that. We, unless they've got someone sort of something done already for the summer, um, I think it's one that we really, really it, it's costing us lately, and it's only going to be a matter of time before it, it costs us uh, three points. Luckily, we pulled it back last night, but we can't keep giving goals away so softly. Hey, Can that- I come in there, Colin? But sorry, it's, it's a starting point. McLaughlin takes up that—that's the bit I don't get. This, your starting point should be your goal line, or at least one step away from your goal line. It shouldn't be out at near the six-yard line. I, I, I don't know what he's doing out there. And it shouldn't be at the back post. It should be... I, I suppose that the, the thinking about it is it's easier to run forward than it is to run back. But if you're if you're looking out into the field, you, you can run anyway. You can run to the right or you can run to the left. And that should be... Your starting point should be in the middle of the goal, maybe slightly towards the back post, and about a yard off the no more than a yard off the line. That should be your starting point, and not not where where McLaughlin was. Davy P, I'll, I'll bring you in. Um, but my big concern with this is the more I see both goalkeepers, um, McGregor and McLaughlin, the less faith I have in, in either of them. And I'm still not convinced that Alan McGregor's the the better um, option. 
between now and the rest of the season. I mean, there's I know it's no point, but I probably still would stick with McLaughlin um, a wee bit more. Um, uh, where where are you landing on the goal and the and the the goalkeeping position? Well, I think we spoke on the pods at least a couple of months ago that you know we need a, a new goalkeeper. Neither of them are, are, are a long term option for us. So I think it's pretty much the the, the goalkeeping performances of late from both of them. It's kind of all, all, all they've done is confirm that, that that we do need a proper goalkeeper. Rangers have always had, had a first class goalkeeper, and at the moment we don't. You know, obviously McGregor's come to the kind of end of his usefulness. If I could be, be a wee bit ruthless on him, it, but um, McLaughlin certainly hasn't covered themselves in glory when he has come in, and the it was clearly a tactic which was uh, discussed pre-match by the commander players, you know, no doubt McInnes has sent them out. Any ball in that box, you just, your number of people who were in that six-yard box must have been uh, more than double, it was double figures at least, you know, because so they've, they've, they've decided, you know, pre-match that they're going to flood that box as soon as that the ball gets into the six-yard box. And when I played football, if the goalkeeper was coming for it, he just gave you a shout it's my ball, and the Rangers defenders get out the way. They leave it to him. If he's inside the six-yard box, mm-hmm. he's coming for it. He just get out of his road. Whereas McLaughlin had as many Rangers players to get through as he had Kilmarnock players to try and win the ball. So it might, it might just be just a wee bit of communication in terms of, certainly from, from my time playing football, the goalkeeper gave you a shout, you just get out the way, let him go on with it, and then it's uh, up to him. So... But it, the first, the start of that game was just a disaster, as David said. You know that we were lucky it was only one, and uh, we just there was no energy. You know that they were coming at us. They had that wee bit of aggression about them, uh, and you know, see from from the word minute when when that Armstrong has a pop at Alfredo Morelos, you know exactly what you're involved in. But this doesn't come as a huge surprise to us because we know exactly what we're walking into, and yet we just we we just don't seem to be respond to it we just don't match it which is and, and we eventually conceded the first goal but it, it could have been more and it was really interesting Michael Beale's comments after that when he was asked about why other teams waiting to half time to start and he was at a, a loss um, for it as well and um, teams are, are going to try and take advantage of that teams um, well they are almost taking advantage of that they're, they're starting games on the front foot against Rangers tapping them under pressure because we know we we like to pick our asses for the first 45 minutes. Um, I don't quite understand it. And it doesn't look like the management team do. That's firmly on the players. Um, but the first half eventually did pick up. David T, I'll come to you because I know um, you really like this move. Um, James Tavernier, decent ball into Sakala, who does brilliantly to get to the byline to to make it happen for Morelos, really, didn't he? Yeah, that's starting the right-hand side. Um, Tav get the ball out. I think it might even came from from uh, Lundstrom first of all out to, to Tavernier. And Tavernier was sort of a sideways. He wasn't even looking forward really. But he must have seen uh, Sakala running, making making the run. And Sakala made a beautiful run down down the wing. Got it in. And it actually, I think the Arfield made a good run as well, which pulled away the Kilmarnock defenders. And luckily, the, the the defenders just that were in front of the goal just seemed to split up, and the ball 
just went nicely in between them uh, to Morelos, who had, as, as I said, we, when we were talking about it before the, the pod started, it's one of the ones that was a tap-in, but on another day it could have ended up in row 32, ballooned over the bar, so it was, uh, it was a nice finish. We'll put it down as a nice finish, although it looked like a tap-in. He made it look easy. I know, but um, as you say, these are these are <laughs> often they always been tapping. So Morelos, he's got an absolute belted a Christmas feel. We could uh, really um, do his time at Rangers with some of the the chances missed for that range. Um, but it's it's good to see him showing a bit of composure as well. And um, Mason, I'll come to you. Um, I, I think we spoke plenty about Sakala over the last few weeks. I don't want to take away from him, but we know he's really. He's really enjoying this freedom that he's getting in the new system. I think we said that um, when when he was fixated to a position, maybe out wide right, um, he's probably he doesn't have a discipline just to to make that work. But when he's allowed to wander, um, and we say all the time that he he doesn't know what he's going to do, so the defenders don't. He really comes into his own. But for Morelos, um, we, we we see the cycle. Way Morelos time and time again, where he'll you know he'll be complacent, then he'll be lazy, then he'll be frustrating, but then he'll really come in again. And I think that's us beginning to see him get his composure in the fire in the belly back. Yeah, I think that was uh, you know he was really on edge last night, and we know Morelos um, when when he's on on edge, we we're uh, you know we're shouting for him to to get sub before he gets a, another booking, but. Uh, he plays his best football when he's when he's like that, and I think that as as Davy P mentioned, Armstrong early on, um, you know, was was at it. I think it, it, it did fire. I didn't think he started the game well. I agree with Bill. Um, you know, it couldn't have. He said he couldn't have been much worse. I thought first 20, 25 minutes, he give the ball away pretty much every time he got it, and um, you know that pass where he doesn't look and he goes blind and he, he plays it square. Um, we nearly got caught out with that uh, at one nil, but um, his goal gave him a lot of confidence, and I think that was the best you know half of football he's had um, probably since he's for me anyway since he's been. He's been back, um, you know. I think before he got injured out in um, in, in a, the Europa League game um, that put him out for months. I thought he, you know, again he gets two goals. Um, but I didn't actually realise since Bill comes in, he's had eight goal involvements, um, which which has which has surprised me. So um, I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm pleased, and we're going to need him from from now, you know, to, to the end of the season. But I still would. Uh, you know, would like us to, to sort of move him on uh, at the end of the season. I do think that that, that cycle with Morelos is is coming to an end. But but interesting to hear Bill say that his his um, you know contract talks are not over with Morelos, so that might be to one to watch. But listen, if he keeps scoring the goals, I'm sure I'll, I'll change my mind. I wonder how much the injuries have forced his hand in that because if um, Ruth was back and Chola hadn't got injured. I'll be potentially going to try and get some money for him in January. Now that he's definitely, we need him for January. I'll be going to try and send a contact to maybe make some money off him in the summer or next January. Um, I wonder how much uh, that will play. But uh, David Park, um, even if Cholak and Ruth were available, I think after last night, I'd be looking for Alfredo Morales to lead the line on Saturday. What was your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Alfredo was uh, a really good save away from the perfect hat-trick last night, you know, of a right foot header and a left foot hat-trick. So it was just that save at the end. And he had two goals and an assist. He was ragged on them. He was uh, doing everything that we like to see Alfredo do. Uh, 
the only wee disappointing thing for me is that you know it's it's now contract negotiation time for Alfredo Morelos, and, and now he's he looks a player. That for me is almost like as good a reason as any to put him out the door. So the only time you care is when is when we talk money. So, but I think Mason's right. You know, I think perhaps he's. Uh, it might be time if 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 he continues in the vein of format that he showed in the second half last night, then you would. Uh, I would cash in on it. I would just say I'll, I'll take the money and uh, see if we could get better value elsewhere that doesn't come with the. the And I think we've lost Davy Pollock, um, the joys of amateur podcasting. Eh? We'll never know what he was going to say, but maybe we'll get him back one day. Um, so into the second half, then David Thomason, I'll um, we'll come to you first. Um, another player I do want to spend a wee bit of time on. We, we said has been Alfredo Morelos' best half of the season. Um, I think we could potential say that about Ryan Kent as well. Um I thought he was really busy and another one who's really really thriving under the freedom that he's getting. Um and he actually starts off this crawl and I think he overplays the pass a wee bit, I'll be honest to Morelos, but we caught it back and it's it's nice to see him like get the shot away. But how often do we see him rush a shot and it goes into Rose Ed, but he takes the time, take a touch, look up and just place in the bottom corner. Yeah, it was, uh, first of all, a fantastic ball by, uh, by Tavernier. I don't know. First of all, I thought, oh, that's just luck. It's a punt up the park. I don't think it was. I think he actually did see the movement of Kent before he, before he punted it. And now Kent, he, he ran on to it. And I actually thought Kent would have had a shot himself, maybe because it was in his left foot and not his right foot that, uh, that he preferred to to square it, I think he tried to hit Sakala with it, and the, the, obviously it wasn't the best of passes. So uh, we all thought then, oh well, that's a chance away. But Morelos he turned it back, and I don't. Th- I think this time, I don't think Morelos was aiming for Kent. I think uh, Morelos was aiming for Arfield coming running in, but uh, Arfield missed it, and luckily the ball went to Kent, and Kent had the time and space. Uh, to, 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 to hit it into the corner and as you say, a lot of times I think he actually placed this one a lot of times he would have just hit it probably and uh, as you say it would have been row, row 50 or, uh, or or hitting one of the ball boys behind the goal but uh, this time it went in went nicely in the corner and uh, no, there was no chance the keeper was getting it and I think the looking back the all the yeah, one one of my, my, my that I'm always on about was the defender with his hands behind his back. That's always I always I, I love when other teams do it, but I hate when we do it. And that just it just puts that defender out of the game because you, 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 your movement is just so uh, tied up with your hands behind your back. And he, he just stood there with his hands behind his back. No, it's easy to bend the ball around him because he can't move. So that Aye. was. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'd rather our defenders just stand normally and see way how unpredictable this uh, handball rule is. I, I'd rather just take the gamble and they can move freely. But because there's every chance that that defender finds himself at it if he's got free movement in his arm. Yeah, it's 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 one of my pet hates. I mean, I mean, you look to the uh, you see it, you see it every week. They're, they're, they're standing with their uh, but. I mean, how many players 
can get run right along the byline because a defender standing with his hands behind his back. Um, but I mean, the penalty rule is is stupid, really. I mean, we, we don't know. Nobody knows what it is, really. So, uh, but I mean, I, if I was a manager, I would just say, oh, we don't do our hands behind our back. If if, it's, if if the ball hits your hand, it's unlucky. If it's if it's coming uh, at, at such a force. Just keep your hands by your side. Don't you don't need to put them behind your back. Just put them in a normal position. And uh, I mean, if you're if you're in a running position, you've not got your hands flailing everywhere like a windmill. It is, if you've got them by your side, just in a, in a sort of a bent position in front of your your body, and um, that that's the way you should be, and not 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 with your hands behind your back. I mean, you're just you're, you're handicapping yourself right away from from the first minute. Totally agree. Um, just as I add Davy Pot back into this stream, uh, Mason, give me your thoughts on Ryan Kent last night. Um, for me, I think he's um, anyway, him and Morelos definitely the one I want to I want to cement in a long term deal more. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Kent is a is a must for me. Um, I've changed my mind like the weather all season, but you know the more obviously you see him playing under Bill, um, he, I think on his day he's he's our most he's, he's our best player. For me, on his day, uh, that is, and I know many times this season he hasn't been, but but that second half yesterday, I think you show that bit of quality that that we're we're missing. You know, we're not we we haven't scored. So, at some games, I, I, I watch us and I think, where is the goal coming from? Um, but but Ryan Kent has that quality. I think if you put, I've said it for ages, if you put quality players around Ryan Kent, and I don't think we've done that in the last few windows, and we've said that many a time, I think you, you can get the best out of him. And I think, especially under Van Bronckhorst in the end, what we're doing is it was just get the ball to Kent and he'll, he'll make something happen. And I think he's carried that. Um, and Bill's just letting him play now. And I think you've got a player there that, that if we can get playing um, and you can, you can, Give him a, a long-term deal. We can make money out of him. There's, there's, without doubt, with him being English as well and the homegrown rule, etc., he's at a good age. But that was his best performance. Again, I agree with Colin, uh, second half yesterday. I think there is times when he, he, he's, he's that final ball does let him down. Um, you know, I think there was one where he's in and he's just got to put Sakala in straight, straight after the, the straight after half time it was. And he, he just put, puts it into Sakala and he's got an assist. And, and that's where, but hopefully, you know, with confidence, and, and I think he's a massive confidence player, Ryan Kent. Um, and as you say, if we can get quality players in the door to help him and get legs around him, which I don't think he's got at the minute, especially in Paul Barisic running past him, as I've said previously, he's, he looks like he's, he's lost a yard or two. So, um, you know, maybe Yilmaz coming in will, will be good for Kent as well. But I really want Kent to stay now. And, and that's something that, that um, I've not been confidently saying all season. David Park, I'll give you the final word on Ken. What I really like about the system and very similar to Fashion Sakala is just the freedom allowed to Ken, but it's he's different for Sakala, um, where he's he will just wander about in different spaces. You see him coming deep so often, just dragging defenders away, and he must be a nightmare defender again. You can't mar- man mark him. If if you're a centre half to mark him, then you you know, you're gonna be halfway up um, the other side of the pitch um, at times. Um he's He's very clever, and I agree with Mason. The more the more confidence he gets, the more he is moving about, and the more he is trying something different. Is it something you'd like to see get a, a further contact extension? Oh yeah, I think uh, he's got the quality in him. You know, as, as Mason's just pointed out, he's explained it very well. He's got. He'll take it. He'll go right. He'll go left. He's and he's best when he's not, uh, you know, stuck to the line. He just wanders in and out, and he gets himself into really good positions. 
you know, and I think the more confident he gets, you know, the, the better he becomes. And you can you can just see him uh, lift his head and, and he just becomes a different player. Whereas, you know, when he's head down, he he, he won't take the option. Sometimes he can be quite frustrating as he said, you know, so he'll, he'll run into players and, uh, you know, the final ball, as Mason said about to Sakala, when it was just a wee touch to the right, he could have played him in. And I think a one-touch finish could have, Sakala could have had a striking goal. But he, uh, he, he kind of overhit it and the, the, the chance was gone. But he certainly got uh, bags of talent. And Michael Beale, as, as, he, as he pointed out in the press conference, he's known him since he was 15. He knows Ryan Kent as well as Ryan Kent knows Ryan Kent. So uh, he knows exactly what, where this, strength, this boy's strengths lie. Uh, and I think he will flourish under Beale. So I would be uh, I would be doing, I think, Rangers... If he's of a mind to stay, then certainly I, I would be uh, sign the dotted line, get the details worked out, get it done. Sorry about the technical hitch there, chaps. It's living in the countryside for you. Nah, that's uh, the the joys of sunny love here, eh? But um, so that I took us to the um, two one Rangers, and you know I think that. I'll no, I'll, I'll no dwell too much on the on the red card. Um, I think it was a completely straightforward uh, decision and fair play to Clancy for calling it calling it right. Um, also, I don't know what the um, what the boy Armstrong's doing. He obviously doesn't know what Borna Barisic's father does for a living. Obviously, he wouldn't be <laughs> anywhere near Barisic's chin. But then Rangers go and uh, make it a third way, a lovely, lovely cross ball in for Barisic and Morelos getting the, uh, you know, heading home for a third. And gentlemen, that should have been Rangers' home straight. But you know, I think we touched him, uh, Morelos. I think we touched him. What Rangers have done well, but I do want to kind of not dwell on it, but I do want to cover off the the fifth goal of the game, where in the dying moments, Rangers let Kamarnock get a second. Um, David Thompson, I'll, I'll start with you. What what is about set paces that we choose we don't even want to acknowledge? Like, and how do we fix that? Um, well, I'm going to go back first, Colin, because I, you 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 floated past the the sending off, but um, I I want I want to go on about Armstrong a wee bit because I think Armstrong was from the beginning of the the game actually was trying to rile all the players up. He was at Barisic, he was at Morelos all the time. And I think he was just looking to... I, I think he was more interested in winding Rangers players up than he was actually in, in playing the game. And that eventually ended up in, his set, in, in the sending off. So I, I don't think it was... I mean, I, I, there was a couple of times he could have been sent off before he was actually sent off because he'd he done a couple of tackles on a yellow that, that he should have been that would have been a yellow in, in another time as well if he didn't have the first yellow probably so just want to want to get that out of the road um, and, and that's a shame he's a decent player he's done quite well um so far this season um and he's not really got himself caught up in that but it's you know he deserved to get sent off yeah that's can that's for sure in, I mean, just come in there Colin because my Armstrong was at that from the the first minute he had a wee pop. Uh, he just left one on uh, Alfredo Morelos. He also was uh, booked for uh, Ryan Kent. And then, you know, it was eventually sent off for Barisic. But he was also the guy who fell over when, when Alfredo Morelos' booking was an absolute scandal. When when he did the wee roly and holding his leg when there was nothing in it, he just he just banged off Alfredo Morelos' leg. And Clancy, who was, who was kind of walking away from it, 
reacted entirely to the shout of the crowd and then turns around and then books Alfredo Morelos. Uh, this is a, a wee instance for me, and, and I, I was absolutely seething last night when, when Alfredo Morelos got booked, because that's one which I think Rangers should be, be should be taking to. Uh, I mean, VAR obviously watched all of this, and I, I know they won't get involved in a booking, but that footage of, of that incident, you know, and and it's quite clear from the camera shot that on my TV that Clancy wasn't looking at it when he. Uh, he, he then turned round from the shout of the crowd and then decided to book Alfredo Morelos. That was an absolutely outrageous decision. And Armstrong was, as David said, Armstrong was at it the whole game. And and I think I, I posted on, on, on the WhatsApp that he is he's heading for a fall here. And, and two or three minutes later, sure enough, here comes the red card. But the whole thing is put into perspective by Derek McInnes's post-match comments when he said that he, this, he, his comment was that he thought the sending off was soft, which is absolutely, I mean, it's insulting almost. I mean, either he, he thinks we are stupid or he is stupid. I'm, I'm not sure which one he believes is. But David, he's made a career of, um, you know, coaching people when they... Uh, Coaching people from being a footballer and a hammer thrower, so I'm no surprised at that. That he he's made a career of the, the whole rough and tumble way of the Scottish game that we somehow seem to pride ourselves on. Well, I think Kilmarnock certainly pride themselves on it, but Rangers shouldn't. But Rangers should certainly be able to stand up to it. And I think you know the first 10, 15 minutes of that game was an example of Rangers weren't standing up to it because they were they were putting themselves about. They'd clearly targeted Morelis, you know, to derail him, get him to react. They, they targeted Borna because they, I think they think so, Borna's a soft touch and they th- they targeted Ryan Kent, who obviously they see as, as one of the danger men. So it was predetermined tactics by Kilmarnock, you know, in exactly what they were doing. And I was at, uh, the other wee disappointing thing about that sending off wasn't it, it wasn't a straight red because he knew exactly what he was doing. And I would have thought that VAR having had a look at that and him raising his elbow straight into uh, Borna's jaw, they would have said that's not a yellow card, that's a straight red, because I think that would impact the, the, the suspension that, that guy gets. It was done quite deliberately, and then and Rangers, you know, the, the dignified silence thing, I think, and certainly in terms of that sending off and Alfredo Morelos' booking, we should be seeing more. That was all instigated by one guy. And there we go, even when they are sent off, but um, it, it's not always as universally pleasing, but you're right, it's probably, there's definitely a wider discussion there about what, how Rangers interact. Um, I don't really want to get to the levels where every time somebody, you know, blows their nose um, in the east end of Glasgow that the Celtic board pipe up, uh, but that we do need to be a bit cleverer um, in terms of how we're, we're playing the political game, but... Um, I'll move back on to that um, second goal. Uh, Mason, I'll, I'll come to you. I'll bring you into the fold. It's probably a few concerning things. Um, again, like what I was mentioning, set pieces, which is, I, I don't know what it is, we just look nervous, but probably more concerning is how nervous we just looked in that last 10, 15 minutes, and that's something that Michael Beale spoke about. Yeah, and and, and the subs, again, we know our bench at the minute is, is not great, and we've got players coming on that, in an ideal world, wouldn't be sort of nowhere near coming on to see it, see a game out. But uh, we should have made it, you know, four and five before 
Tillman go up there. I think we we have we definitely are not clinical enough. I think Tillman should score. Morelos probably should score. He does well to get there, but he should score. But then it's just a simple ball in the box, Colin and, and Davis. Ben Davis is I, I, I like Ben Davis with Connor Golson as, as a partnership, but I do have concerns at them type of grounds with Ben Davis in terms of how good he is in the air, commanding centre half. I'm not sure if he is to be honest. I think he, he gets beat quite easy in the air again. But Borna Barisic, it sounds like I pick on him every week, but he's standing there picking his nose as he does with, with the second balls. And uh, to be fair, it's a good finish from from, from, from the boy, but but Borna needs to read that. And, and it's something he does over and over. Um, and, and just, again, just sort of watching it last, like how many times are you going to cost us goals? And again, uh, since Bill's come in, None of, except from the goal, um, you know, last minute against against Celtic, where we defended really poor. None of have cost us points yet, apart from that. But but it, it, it Bill needs to sort it out, um, and I hope the new signings can come and help the whole squad and help that, you know, help the bench because I do think that is a big bit for the last 10, 15 minutes. You know, obviously better players come off the bench, you know, that that's an easy one. But um, just the concentration, and, and I don't know if it's just, you know, to, again it comes back to that taking responsibility. And uh, Borna doesn't do it well enough, um, and then that is a, for us. It's a really soft goal because we we could have conceded again. You know, McLaughlin tries to play out in the last kick of the game again. Why are you doing that? Just get it down the pitch. Um, I think Tavernier tries to hit a diag. It's just they're doing things that just you know you know we wouldn't do, and and, and it's definitely a mental thing for me. Um, you know, instead of just seeing it out, um, and then Bill needs to get to that because the better teams we play, uh, will be punished. David T, um, it's, I, I do think there, there is a confidence issue there. Um, that, that the more, you know, the more we make stupid mistakes, the more the Rangers, uh, Rangers think they're going to make a stupid mistake towards the end of the game. It's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. But I agree with Mason. The, the more, the more we can get our better players finding a bit of consistency and bringing some reinforcements to support them. It's one of these things we need to play our way out of us and play our way into our, our winning mentality. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, I think uh, with, with Barisic, I think a lot of the problem is his positioning. It, it, I mean, it was, it was nearly all the goals we lose through Barisic. It's because a player gets goal side of him. And it was the same with, with the boy that, that scored yesterday. The starting position was behind the guy, behind right, I think it was. 
And if if you're going to start behind them, you're you're giving them a two yard start before because by the time you see that they've they've started moving, uh, you're 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 behind them already. And that that's been, it's all and same with McLaughlin starting position. It's, I, I don't know. I, I I think it was things that we learned in in primary school. Um, the the play to the whistle, you, the starting how you set up, get your body in front of, between the player and the goal. I mean that's that's basic football for me, and it just seems to be something that that Barisic hasn't learned. It it it, it, it keeps uh, letting players get goal side of them, and that that we keep losing goals because of that, and that that's that's part of the the the, the way. I don't, I don't know why whether he thinks if if the ball is, it, it, it comes the other side up that he can move forward, then then he's got a start. I don't know whether he thinks that way. But um, for me, a defender should be defending first and getting goal side of the of of the, of the striker or the player that, that you're marking, and that that's a, a long way that we don't do it. And it's not just it's just even with corners, they always seem to they, they, it seems to be one thing as well that they seem to be other teams seem to get in front of us. I don't know. I don't think we were going to. I, I thought yesterday we were going zonal with corners. I don't think we're going total zonal. I think there, there's certain players play zonal and certain players go with the player. But it, it, it just uh, isn't working what we're doing anyway, that's for sure. And confidence, yeah, obviously, if you're you're going to lose the first goal, um, your, your confidence is going to... I mean, you see every every game that once we lose the goal, our confidence goes down for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then we seem to, to be able to get our way back up. The, uh, I, I don't know. We, the second half, we obviously when when we get the goal and then we get the second goal, then the, obviously our confidence is a lot higher. And but unfortunately for me, we started playing like, like Gio was the manager again, playing pass backs, playing instead mm-hmm. of going for the jugular. I mean, look at even Hearts yesterday we out against Aberdeen. They could have stopped it two one. Sorry, two nil, three nil. But they kept going to five, and it could have even been six or seven. And if you look at, I hate them. If you look at them, they very rarely, they very rarely leave the jugular. Don't go for the jugular. They always go for the jugular, and but we always seem to start. Yeah, I can think of worse words, but messing around. I'll, I'll, I'll say, uh, and, and that's and, what I'm saying, David. This is the like this is a cycle that these we've said it all through the season for this podcast. You mentioned there's like Gio being back. It's it's clear that Gio wasn't the only problem. It's the mentality of this group of players, and it's it's something that I, I think is too far gone. Where. Michael Beale can change him. I mean, some of them were talking about their past or peak of their careers, if we talk about the likes of Tavernier, uh, Barisic, McLaughlin. So it's either that like, if we can't change it, we do need to move them on. Um, David Paul, do you want to add on, the, on the, the second goal? Their second goal was, uh, again, it's just about commit. It's about communication and commitment. And, you know, so the balls floated into the box. There was one... Uh, earlier on in the second half where they put it into the box, the boy who's making a run just blasts through, wins the header and, and probably should have got it in target but put it wide. So obviously the, 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 they're relying on these set pieces. that the, the Get it into the box, get their big or get all the big guys in there. I mean, I don't know how you operate zonal marking when, it, when there's about 15 players, you know, within, you know, 15 yards 
and, and, and who's zones who is just lost in me. Someone just needs to take responsibility. I'm going to win it. If they don't win it, then the guys, his teammates should be reacting to the second ball. And and both of those didn't happen. We didn't win the first t- touch. And you, sh- in my understanding of defending, you should be at least be touch tight for someone you're marking at a set piece. And Borna's about three paces away from him. So when the ball arrives at the boy, Borna can't get a challenge in because so, he's just too far away from the, the, the chap who should be marking. Or he, he was marking when the ball was in, originally played, but then just drifted off him when, when, and then the ball breaks. And hey, presto, the guy levels it into the net. So I get, I think that there's the the players that we have, either the, they, they have to change the way they do things or they will be changed. So that's pretty much the fix here because when you look at the stats for that game last night, and I know some of this is misleading, but it, it, it sort of paints a picture, is that they had 22% possession and they had five attempts in goal. And we had 78% possession and had seven attempts on goal. So you would have to say that, that 78% possession, and we were guilty of this, you know, when we had gone 2-1 up, when Connor Goldson and Ben Davis and Borna Barisic had about 20, 30 touches each, and we ain't going anywhere. You know, we did get up the park, and we, we did create some chances, none of which we took, which ultimately leads to, you know, the last five minutes, you know, as I'm climbing behind the couch again, because that, that there's no way that game should have finished three two to to Rangers because with, with that amount of possession, with the better quality players that we had in the pitch, we just seem to make things difficult for ourselves. So we just need to make that possession count for more, and and get whether it's confidence, whether it's coaching, whether it's change the players, whatever that amounts to, we need to do it because it's in and Michael Beale has probably been driven to the conclusion that the, the squad of players he has at his disposal just ain't going to cut it. So there's got there's going to have to be some changes. Eh? And I'm hoping that, that he's, we're going to be moving on to that shortly as to who those changes are and who's going out and who's coming in. Absolutely. I mean, Scott Arfield last night, what was Scott Arfield's contribution to that game over the 93 minutes that we played? It was a square root of fuck all, and you know that's the thing. That I, I don't. It's it's easy for us to say we all know our feels no, like he, he's more impactful coming off the bench. But I can, I do kind of feel for Michael Beale because he he can only pitch with the cock you've got. It's um, uh, that that's the reality of it, and it's not just one issue that we've got. It's obviously we need to add more quality as well, but at the same time we need to be getting more out of the players that we've got consistently. Uh, so it's it, as a football fan, you always want it to be one problem. If we fix that one problem, we'll be fine. But no, there's quite a few different areas and different types of issues we need to address. Well, sorry, oh, one of the one of the other names I'm just going to drop in and then I'll shut up. James Tavernier. What did he contribute last night? Yeah, the pass to Sakala. The pass to Sakala, the pass to Ken. I suppose he gets the ball rolling, but I get your I get your wider point where that's another one where it, since Michael Beals came in, we've not got nearly enough for James Tavernier. Um I'm a big, big James Tavernier uh, backer and I've always tried to defend him where I can. But no, it's um, the same way Lundstrom, the senior players. We're not getting anywhere near enough. Um, just before we move on, then, David Teal, what you finish up? 
Yeah, well, I was just wanting to come in. See, see this 78% possession. Um, I would actually like to know what worthwhile possession is. If you take it that virtually all the possession Kilmarnock had was actually good possession moving forward and attacking Rangers' goal, it's great saying we've had 78% possession, but I think about 50% of that was just passing the ball back along the defence and passing into the midfield, passing it back the way. It was absolutely not worthwhile possession. And it's the same way assists, and, and it's okay saying somebody's got nine assists and, and, and so many goals. Uh, Matondo, is, 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 I think he's got five goals and about four assists or something like that for the year, and he's hardly played. So, I mean, assists and, 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 uh, and, and, and goals... Don't don't really say everything either. If if you score a goal and and, and make an assist, but at the other end you 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 make three mistakes that causes three goals, then then it's it's not worth having you in the team. And that's that's just there's too much there's too much looking at assists and possession. It's it's what's worthwhile possession and and what's what's what you're doing over the full ninety minutes that that makes a. Uh, uh, I mean, I, do, I, I don't care who who scores a goal. As long as we win, and if if if, if it's an assist, uh, then then you get it, and if, if you you get the pass before an assist, sometimes it's just as important. I mean, the pass from Tavernier to Kent was probably more important than than the anything else in that move. If he didn't make that pass, then the the whole thing would never have happened, and that that's that's just what's not looked at. Mason, I'll bring you in before we move on. There is a balancing act between what you can see and what the stats say. Um, I, I'm never one for one extreme or the other where the stats don't mean anything or the stats mean everything. It is the, the balancing act, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not a fan of them expected goals and yeah, I agree with it, but we have got an issue at the minute with, with senior players, Colin, as you said there, Tavernier, Barisic, Lundgren to free to, to pick out. Um, teams are, are targeting Barisic um, from 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 you know every chance they get, Aberdeen did it the weekend. Kilmarnock done it last night with first balls, and then and, and they're winning the second ball because John Lundstrom's not there. Tavernier's been been miles off it all season. Uh, again, I'm like you, Colin, defending him time and time again. But um, it, it's we've, the thing is we can say uh, I know what David T saying there about you know two two important passes for the goals, but there are so many times when he's you know last minute last night he dives into a tackle and Golson covers him. Um, and Kilmarnock are in, and and he's just been, you know, from from the, the heights he hit last season. Uh, this is the big problem we've got at the minute, and and, and this is why again I come back to it. Bill needs to be ruthless, and even if he is James Tavernier, if he's not hitting them levels for us week in week out, and he's becoming a, a problem for us, then I'm afraid that he's going to have to, you know, get someone in or or, or throw or throw the youngster and give him a chance because. It, it, it will cost us, and we're nine points behind as it is. So you know, it could cost us the two trophies that that, that are up for grabs for us. Um, and 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 these are these are the decisions that Bill needs to make. Um, but it is it is a problem that we've got at the minute because it's the same players over and over making the same mistakes, and not just this season. We've seen it for for a while longer now. If we're if we're being honest. Yeah. One other wee point was from last night was the the Aberdeen team that took us to extra time on Sunday were brushed aside by Hearts. Brushed aside, swept away, Inso- inconsequential, and and we we extra time two one and we're hanging on at the end, and then three two with the uh, Kilmarnock last night who were second bottom, and then I mean a few weeks ago it was one nil at Ross County 
who at that time were, were also, I think they were bottom at that time. So th- you could say that, you know, that six wins and, and one draw from, from Michael Beale, you would say, well, you know, on paper, you know, the, we're, we're picking up the points, we're getting the wins, we've had one draw against them, you know, things are looking good. Things are very far from good. We've not had a decent, hardly had a decent performance in, in the, the whole time. So the, the danger signs are there for all to see. So there's major surgeries required in that squad. There is no doubt about it. Mason? So I just wanted to just say on Aberdeen, absolute embarrassment. Like, that was their cup final. Um, we see it time and time again against them. Sundays, their cup final and in the game after. Their best, best for, bet for the bookies then. So when they play us, they'll get smashed the game after because they give everything at the weekend and just an absolute embarrassment. Yeah. Uh, the less time we speak about it, but speak about Aberdeen, um, the better. So it's um, you know, it, I, I get, I absolutely get the, the sentiment, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to paint the picture that Evans rosy, but <laughs> we we won six and do one, and it's a far cry better than playing the same. But, but no, let's be honest. We're playing better than we were the the last seven games under Geo. We're playing slightly better. Still nowhere near good enough. But I'm so glad we're getting the points in the board, and it's easier to build for a winning position. Um, absolutely. And talking about building, gents, um, what's uh, what's what's finishing a, a bit of a high? Um, last week we all predicted that um, within before the. <laughs> Before the semi-final, Rangers would have two new signings in the door. Um, or I think some has even maybe predicted three. Um, it's not quite came to fruition, uh, but there's a lot of irons in the fire. So the the three main talking points, um, Todd Canwell looks the, the one that's imminent where we're talking about it's agreed and um, even it's been reported in Sky that it's pretty much a formality for the medical be done, and then he'll be a Rangers player. We've also got um, Nicholas Rastian, um now now getting spoken about by Fabrizio Romano, the fourth official, some pretty on the ball uh, journalist that he's going to be a Rangers player in the, in the very near future, and it looks like we've had a, a bid rejected for Swansea City winger. Uh, Morgan Whitaker. So, David Thomason, I'll, I'll start with you. How are you feeling about these three potential signings? Did any of them really sparked interest for you? Um, yeah, quite quite fancy the the Swansea guy. And can I can I just say we've had one one signing really that that's just came to fruition now is Sakala from hero to zero in about a couple of weeks, just to end in a high note over the game yesterday. Because he's been absolutely brilliant the last few weeks, um, but and uh, now I quite fancy the guy from Swansea. Uh, I, I, I watched, uh, yeah, watching. I know you shouldn't watch YouTube films and make a make a decision on anybody, but uh, he looks quite good in the YouTube films. Uh, now, Beal said he's one of the best players in the the first division. Uh, I heard on the uh, Hat and Hand tonight that he that the. Plymouth has already said, no, not Plymouth, sorry, Swansea have already said that they're going to play him on Saturday, uh, which means that it won't be worth Rangers signing him before the summer because uh, he'll, he'll, he won't, he'll be cup-tied or whatever you call it when, when you can't play was it three, for three teams in a year. Yeah. So if, if, if he does play on Saturday for Swansea, then that's um, there'll be no use for us signing him this, this, this window. Um 
but he he looks at the Candwell. I haven't I haven't really seen a lot of him, so I, I don't really know. I don't I don't follow uh, Norwich City a lot. Um, although he played in in Holland, and I know that he was well liked by the Fortuna Center supporters. Uh, no, well, PSV tried to buy him, and I, I take it that they're going on his time uh, in Holland because I know he played against the B, the B team for PSV because he played for Tuna were in the second division at that time, and he played uh, against PSV second team, uh, so they they probably know him from there. And I think I think they actually Fortuna beat. But they were promoted that year, and I think that he helped he helped get them promoted. So he's got in Holland. He's got a lot of followers anyway. I know that. So and he seems he seems to be a good. He's an attacking player, which which I like. Um, whereas uh, Ruskin, I believe, is more a defending defensive midfielder. Uh, it says defensive to central midfielder. But um, from what when I looked at the stats, he, had, he it was sort of a half and half. He had played, he had played a lot of games as a central midfielder and a lot of games as a defensive midfielder. So then I, I take it that if, if he's a defensive midfielder, then uh, then we're thinking in another sort of a Lundstrom role, um, Jack Jack role. I think I would imagine that that kind of position. That's not. It's listen. It's hard to say until they come to Rangers and and start playing. Was, I mean, we were all looking forward to Lawrence, and Lawrence looked a real cracker until the, the first few games of the season, and then he's injured within uh, with within a few games, and uh, we, we don't see him the rest of the season with the way it's looking. So, but it's just all. Uh, what the the one thing I'll say about Ruskin. Uh, I was sort of looking at his stats, and for injuries, he only got a three out of ten. So he was he was really low in uh, low in the stats from that. The unfortunate thing was that his his positioning and his um, what was the other thing positioning and his no, I can't remember. It was uh, was was three out of ten as well. So it wasn't very high for positioning. You've got but, to love uh, that. You've got to love the irony of David Tomlinson and. Halfway through the pod, saying stats don't tell you nearly enough about a game, but then basing the signings yeah. of the transfer market mm-hmm. stats. Um, but Mason, I'll, I'll bring you in. Um, just as David touched on there, it's it's three signings, all three very different types of signings. So Morgan Whitaker can play anywhere across the front line. Todd Cantwell, um, probably your, your number ten, your uh, your luxury player, maybe um, Nicholas Rastian. He can play that deep line six, but he can also play that number eight. Um, so it's maybe one of two positions, uh, but I think that number eight is definitely what we need. Out of those three players, what's the priority to get over the line? Priority is probably uh, Raskin, to be honest. Colin, watching us lately, I think we've all been saying uh, for, for a long time now about a, a number eight or even a, a number six. I know, you know, under Geo, we, we called it an eight, but I think Bill plays obviously a different system and from the attacking players, it, it's completely different. But I think we watching us last night and watching us for Sunday and, and be up, we, we missed legs in, in that midfield. Um, and I hope that, that Raskin comes in and he, and he, and, you know, and he, he's got him and, and he's box to box and he's a bit more dynamic, dynamic. And that was something that Bill's already touched on. So I would hope that. You know, if he's going for a midfielder, they can get that. We're not really getting that from Glenn Kamara as well. And we know, you know, 
there's been there's been issues there. But he's someone that that obviously the club have been have been looking at for for a long time because um, we nearly signed him in, in the summer. Um, if you're led to believe that he was, um, you know, Glenn Kamara's replacement. And, and the journalist that, that's running with this is is, is close to, to Raskin. And, you know, he was the one that on deadline day said that the deal wouldn't be happening. So you'd, you'd like to think we've done done our homework. He, he was linked with a lot of big clubs around the top five, five uh, leagues, uh, Raskin as well. But, you know, from what you hear, he wants to come come to us, which is, you know, why wouldn't he? Um, but, but Todd Cantwell's an exciting one um, because he's someone that, you know, as I say, I watch a lot of Premier League football and live down here because I kind of have to. But um, he he was someone a couple of years ago in the Premier League that scored against all the, all the top teams in the league for, for Norwich. And he was quoted to Gan for, I know English players do, for, for 40, 50 million at one point. And, and again, it wasn't that, he's only 24. That was only 18 months ago. So, you know, we know Michael Bill likes these types of signings. We see it when, you know, when he first got, got Ryan Kent and, and he was brilliant for him and, and other youngsters. So um, if we can get Campwell in the team, I think it will give us some, a bit of something different. I think it will be a frustrating player as well in terms of, you know, I think you won't know what you're going to get from it from certain games. It does play on the edge a little bit, but, um, you know, sometimes love them players as well. So um, I'd say for the, the, the money we're paying that we're getting, getting a player like that, we, 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 you know, the sell on value, that, that's big from all three that we're getting straight away. And uh, if we can get them over the line. And uh, to be honest, the Whitaker one, a little bit, not not sure because not seen enough in League One. Um, you know, I was quick to say when we signed Jar Arebo, but he's from, from League One and, and he turned out all right. But again, it's maybe a development signing, um, but a player that can play on the right that's left-footed that we haven't had in, in a long time. So, um, you know, as I say, we'd like to think we've done our homework there and we can get all three in because I think that will give the, the squad a big boost. And that's the thing with Morgan Whitaker that's... Um, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of fans really like on Twitter, and we know Twitter's turning into a bit of a but these days, uh, uh, to put it mildly, but a lot of fans saying it's nowhere near the level of saying we should be looking at. But look at Joe Rebo, absolutely, and this boy's a year younger than Joe Rebo. Uh, he's got at least one, maybe 50 games under his belt um, over the last couple of years, so he's not really come in and hit the ground running straight away, but it's definitely something that get him in this window and potentially by the time next season starts, he's up and running. Um, David Bollock, what's your take on these potential signings um, and is there anything else that we should be trying to prioritise this window? Other than a goalkeeper? I think the... the... We need a right winger. We, we we could do with a right winger. So, uh, and a mid couple of quality midfielders, you know. So he's certainly looking in the right direction. But the you can only hope that Michael Beale and 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 the others in his team you know, will have done whatever homework they can do. You know, whatever assessment that they come to, how they rate these players, and then ultimately it's a punt, isn't it? Because you don't know until they pull the jersey over their head and they run out there in front of fifty thousand. You don't really know how they'll react to it. Some some take to it, some don't. So it's it really is it, because at the, at the level we're, you know, fishing and in, in, in these pools, you know, looking for players, looking for value, then uh, it's there is more risk attached to these signings than would be the case if you know if you're Chelsea, Man City. But even even with those guys, you know, they can spend thirty, forty, fifty million pounds in players and. Uh, and, and they still don't work out. So the same will be true, more so at Ibrooks. We really don't know. You, you don't know until they've got there. And, you know, we, we were all excited. Rabi Matondo turned up. And now, you know, 
he's got a crisis of confidence and he needs someone to put his arm around him and you know so you you don't really know sometimes they'll work sometimes they won't and you just cross your fingers I think maybe it's just uh, it's in the stars I see some the people who will who will take to it and others people who don't I think it's if they've given some thought to you know what they're getting involved in then uh, and, and are keen to come then you've got to say well that, that they've maybe just got a wee bit more of a chance but uh, you only hope that mm, the backroom staff have, have done their, as much as they can do because ultimately you don't find out until they get on the pitch but that's it. It's the age old anecdote that, you know, every signing is a gamble. Um and you know, you just need to try and put in as much legwork and um and beforehand and hopefully it all turns out. But um I think that'll wrap us up for just now, gents. We've um got to the other mark already and also we've brought a pretty important cup tie against St Johnston on Saturday, um, which we've not managed to get to, but we'll have a full review of that on Sunday. Um uh as always, just um, a shout out to all the listeners and viewers. Uh, really appreciate if you can either we follow, like, or subscribe wherever you get it. And look out for tomorrow morning. Um, obviously, we're, we're trialing our daily news pod in the mornings, uh, Monday to Friday. So that'll be out tomorrow morning and um, every day next week as well. It's just a recap of all the Rangers related news. Um, we are reading the papers out to you so we don't need to buy them. And um, a few comments in the comment section about the mainstream media being ragged, uh, and I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. Um, so, as always, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I'm going to push you for um, a goodbye to our listeners, and of course, a prediction for Rangers versus St. Johnson on Saturday. I'll start with yourself, David T. Thanks for coming on, mate. Okay, no problem. I was just going to say, and I'm going to take a slagging because I was just going to add it to the what we were saying about Whitaker. Is no uh, watching the films. Do you know who it reminds me of? See the a Dutch player as well, and I can remember his name. Um, the oh, guy yeah. that just went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that he looks a spinning, a spitting image of him. So I hope, I hope he's as good as him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah. So thanks for having me. Anyway, I really enjoyed talking about Rangers again, and uh, I, I, it's, a, it's a pretty poor St Johnson team at the moment. Although they are good cup fighters, St Johnson, you can never in the cup you can never uh, write them off. But I think I, I think it'll be three 0 Rangers. I'll take it. I'll take that all day long and bang in the next round. Um, Gives your prediction, Mason, and of course, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure, mate. Yeah, no, thanks for having us. And uh, funny you said that, David. When I first, when I see the clips of, of um, Whitaker, that's the first thing I thought, thought of Gakpo. But yeah, if he's half as good, we've, we've got a player there. But um, yeah, Saturday's going to be, be a tough one. Um, you know, the last time we went to St. Johnson, it was it was a real, real slog and a horrible watch. So I'm hoping for a, a lot better performance, and hopefully, we can get the first goal um, because we're due, we're due that. But um, I'm going to go two nil, two nil Rangers. Be a bit more conservative than Davies. Not often you're usually the the glass half full of the pod, Mason. But um, I don't know. Maybe the stress of uh, planning a wedding's getting to you. Um, last and by no means least, thanks for coming on, Davy Park. Yeah, it's good to be back on, guys. Uh, so Saturday, I I think it should be as I always do. Should be relatively straightforward, although it won't. 
but it's just the, <laughs> what comes with the watching Rangers, watching the away games. I mean, the expletives I fired at that TV last night, and that, I think 50% of them were the first five minutes. But uh, I'm hoping that we can get back in the groove here, so I'm going with uh, David's result, 3-0. 3-0 the famous. I'll take it. No, but um, um, <laughs> Rangers have had the results under Michael Beale, just know the performance, and it's that age-old... Um, that age-old feeling, you can't quite put your finger on it, but I just feel like somebody's due a scrudding at some point. Um, and I think it's going to be St. Johnston, just with all the nonsense going on with their fans and that now as well, which um, we'll cover off on Sunday. Um, but I, I'm going to go five on Rangers. I think we're going to rip them apart. Um, I have been wrong before. Hopefully I'm not wrong again. But on that note, as always, thank you to everybody who's joined in, listened. Um, enjoy your weekend. I hope your team wins. Uh, just remember, we are the people. Take care. <laughs>